Welcome to the Giants Huddle, a New York Giants podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle podcast. John Schwelk, Michael Eisen back with you. Today's guest, one of the newer members of the New York Giants, that's special teamer Nate Ebner. But before we get to Nate, let's remind you that you can find the Giants Huddle podcast on the Giants mobile app on your favorite podcast platforms and on Giants.com slash podcast where you can find all of our podcast offerings. And now let's get to our guest. He's Nate Ebner, special teamer, safety, one of the newest members of the Giants. Nate, thanks a lot for joining us. How you doing? Mike, why don't you lead us off today? An obvious first question for us is uh, your eight years in New England coincided exactly with Joe Judge's eight years in New England. So how much did his presence as a head coach uh, influence your decision to join the Giants? You know... It definitely was uh, was a strong point. Obviously, I have a I have a great relationship with Joe that I, that I've built over you know nearly nearly a decade, um, and we've worked together extensively through special teams, uh, and you know just being in in a in a tough environment that you see people come and go quite often uh, to kind of have a, a face that you you see on a regular basis for, for, like I said, nearly a decade that, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't create a, a good relationship with him. So that uh, definitely played a part. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of it all, man. I'm excited to get out there and come to a great organization and get to work. Really, I just i am ready for the day that they, they let us lose. We'll see when that is, though. Yeah, us too, by the way. Um just want to follow up on, on the judge yeah, thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, what was it about his coaching? Give us a glimpse into it because we've obviously spoken to him. We've seen him from afar. We've interviewed him, but we haven't really actually seen him coach yet. So g- give us a feel for what it's like to be coached by Joe Judge. At the end of the day, man, Joe's an extremely hardworking uh, person. That, uh, he works as hard as anybody that I ever saw in that building. Um extremely hard worker and you know extremely high energy um and he was consistent with that i think some coaches try to provide uh, you know high energy but it's uh not as natural you know joe definitely was consistent with his efforts to keep his energy high i think that's just who he is as a person so he came to work with high energy was always working hard and uh really paid attention to the details and i think that's was what was, uh, you know, to me, um, special about him. We're always, always uh, paying attention to details, looking for things to do differently. And, uh, you know, he, uh, at the end of it all, he, he, he cares about his guys too. And I think that's hard to find in this league. So that's, you know, I don't know what anyone else thinks about that. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's refreshing to have a coach that, I think has has your back or, or cares for you, wants to see you succeed. And, um, you know, I think Joe Joe has that. I think, uh, you know, people are, are going to really respect that, and um, I know I do. And uh, I've seen a lot of coaches over the years. So, um, yeah, he's a good coach. He's, he's a good coach, man, and he works hard. At the end of it all, man, the guy works, works his tail off, so. Nate, were you looking to make a change, uh, you know, at the end of the season? Uh, did you think you were, did you have played your last game for the Patriots, or, or is this just such a good situation, uh, it was too good to pass up? You know, ultimately, 
it's where I am kind of focused on going forward now. Um, you know, every every player over that period of time that plays as, as long as I have who's been lucky to play that long, as you, there comes times where you're a free agent. And um, at, at the end of it all, you got to do what's best for you. And coming to New York is, is without a doubt the, the best thing for me. And um, obviously I'm, I'm leaving a place that I've been my entire career and, and I've, I've learned so much and uh, had a lot of success with the, with the team and, and been around some great teammates and great coaches. But uh, uh, at the end of the day, like I said, you gotta you, you gotta look out for yourself sometimes, and um, I gotta do what's what's best for me. And um, the the time I'd come, so that's that's where we are. But uh, other than that, man, I'm extremely excited to get to New York and uh, come work for a great organization. Um, you know play with a great team and in a great city I'm, I'm so juiced I'm so juiced talking to Joe and talking to you know Dave Gettleman and whoever else you spoke to uh, before you signed the contract and afterwards Nate uh, did they give you a feel um, is your role going to be pretty identical to what it was what it was in New England could you maybe get a little bit more of a look on defense what do you expect coming in the building yeah, here? I mean ultimately man it's you know those things change day to day um, you know obviously I've played quite a bit of special teams um, in my career I uh, obviously do that part of it but uh, you know in whatever capacity that they need me to play um, you know whatever that is uh, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and um, you know I'm always prepared to do that and I have been I was in New England um, it didn't really come up too much for me but um, you know I, I am prepared to do whatever I need to do that the team needs of me and do it like at the best of my ability so that's kind of kind of where we're at you uh, never played football in high school. You were an elite rugby player. What prompted you to start playing football? Oh, that's a big question, my man. <laughs> um, you know, I I played you know, like you said. I didn't play. I didn't play football in high school. I I played football when I was in Pee Wee's. You know, in 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 like seventh grade, eighth grade. Um, but yeah, I was playing rugby. I was playing on the junior national team. I had played in three junior World Cups. Um, I played in club rugby at Ohio State, and I think when the junior World Cups had kind of finished up, and the only thing I could play to represent the country was on the, the men's national team, which required a lot of time for me uh, away from school. Um, you know, I told my parents I'd get my degree, and um, you know. I kind of wanted to play football my senior year in high school. I, I chose not to because of, of the Junior World Cups, and I think uh, it was kind of the perfect storm for me. I just had finished playing international rugby against some of the best players in the world uh, to come into Ohio State playing club rugby, um, kind of, you know, getting very frustrated, I guess, to keep it, keep it light, <laughs> frustrated with that situation kind of wanted to play football didn't really do it in high school now you're at the mecca of one of the meccas of college football in the united states at ohio state all you do is hear about these football players and um you know i i knew it was something i kind of wanted to do and i like i said it was kind of a perfect storm that i decided on top of that knowing there wasn't much of a career in the united states for me to be a professional rugby player um, knowing that, and like I said, all those other things, it kind of culminated into, you know, I'm going to try to walk onto the football team and uh, talk to my dad about that, and that's what I did. How much of a learning process was it? How much of the, the rugby skills carried over? And just, you know, what was that like getting into the mix and, and really, 
you know, at least being coached professionally, quote-unquote. Uh, how'd that go at Ohio State, trying to learn everything so quickly on the fly? Man, I'd say that was probably one of the most humbling experiences of my life. Um, it would definitely go go up there. I, I was athletic. I could run fast, and I was strong and all that. But, you know... A's last time I played football was in eighth grade, <laughs> and to come to Ohio State and start, you know, I didn't know the difference between, you know, zone defense and man defense or cover two and cover three, and I didn't know any of that stuff, and uh, like I said, it was humbling. I, the movements, you figure that stuff out, but even those, the, the intricacies, the small parts, the details about that are all very, very different than rugby. It's a different game, but the the mind part, the, the, the just this, you've heard about playbooks, you know, Ohio State football, it's not an NFL playbook, but, uh, you know, they do quite a bit over there, and uh, from not having any background at all, it's quite a quite a bit to, to learn, and, and um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was humbling, I had, I had a lot of work to do, and, and it wasn't football work, uh, physical stuff, it was learning, it was figuring this game out um you know it's definitely a game of chess there is no sport like football it is the ultimate game of chess what uh, i'm just curious what was that like walk out of that ohio stadium the first time and see a hundred thousand people and you know just those three years you went to three bowl games i think you went 12 and one one year just what was it like to be a football player at ohio state you know the stuff you're talking about the crowds you know, I I didn't really care about any of that, man. I mean, to be honest with you, I I walked on at Ohio State with kind of the hoping hoping to get to the NFL. Uh, my dad had passed uh, right after I told him I was going to walk on. Um, I was pretty focused. Uh, I had tunnel vision, and I wasn't really worried about you know anything other than trying to make that dream become a reality and working at it every day and. Uh, I know that's probably not the answer you want to hear, but uh, that's just the truth. Coming off a tragedy like that and and having to get the work, that's that's where my focus was. I, you know, it was cool. I guess playing in front of all those people relative to, you know, rugby games. But rugby games are more intimate. You know, you can see the faces of the fans that are there watching you when you're in a stadium with a hundred a sea of people, hundred and ten thousand people that are. Screaming. I mean, it's cool. It's a great environment, but you can't see anybody. And at the end of the day, the only the only thing, the only eyes you care about that are watching you are the, are the film. And you learn that quickly that you know it doesn't matter what happens at any moment, other than when you're on the field playing. And um, that film is what matters. And uh, that's really where my focus was. Nate, you mentioned the tragedy with your father. I read a couple articles about it. Um, he he, he uh, passed away in a robbery attempt. How did he kind of help you get to where you are today, just the work ethic and, and everything about him? I know I read a couple places, you know, he was really your role model, you know, period, stop. If you can just talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, man, it's hard to put in the words, but, you know, I could go on and on. But at the end of the day, man, his – my relationship with him is the foundation for who I am. Um, that goes to character, that goes to, you know, work ethic, that goes to um, just everything, good determination, discipline, all those things, man. I mean, it just, it was a lifestyle that we lived, uh, you know, working hard and 
and then going to work out or whatever it was in the junkyard. And I have a very blue collar upbringing, uh, working in the junkyard. But, um, no, nah, man, it, it, like I said, he's the foundation for, for everything, uh, in my life. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am without, without that. No, no question. You know, I'm a very determined person, but I think the guidance he gave me early on in, in my life, uh, you know, was extremely valuable and important to me. And that it really speaks, in my opinion, to the fact that, young men between you know 13 and and 17 18 uh they need a father figure in their lives and uh you know i look back obviously lost my dad in a very tragic way but i was 19 and you know i had those very important years where a father can kind of develop in in a positive way and god god is his son and from a young man to becoming a man and i was lucky to have him i mean there are you know millions of kids thousands millions of kids that uh, you know across the, the the world that don't have a father figure in a in a much more vulnerable time in their lives where they need it um so i try to look at it as a blessing that i had him when i when i needed him most and um you know towards the end it was more we became kind of best friends um so you know that's what hurt the most you kind of lose someone who's giving you so much and they're they're one of your best friends but like i said i was so fortunate to have him and such a critical time in my life. Um, I've been around a long time. We we haven't had many Jewish players on the Giants, and I, I am Jewish myself. And I was wondering, uh, and I read also that you know that's very important to you. Just your your feelings about uh, your faith. You know, we ask players about their faith all the time, but we we don't have a lot of Jewish players to ask about their faith. Yeah, there's not many in the NFL, uh, not just the Giants. I think. <laughs> The NFL, um, you know, I, I I don't have a ton to say. Just it was, it, you know, being being raised Jewish was it's, it's been a part of my entire life. I, I was from from when I was extremely young. Um, you know, it's, it's kept my family uh, extremely close. There's uh, there's a different type of bond that you know you form when you're kind of. Uh, you know, different than everyone else in terms of you know uh, your religion, but in, in, a, in a strengthening way, if you if you will. So, um, you know, I've always I've always loved that part about it. Not not that it's different, but just it was our thing being being Jewish and how I was I was raised that way. And um, you know, it's uh, I just I'm I'm just. I don't know. I just I love the the fact that, like I said, I have my have my own thing with with my family that we did, and and that's all that really mattered. So, uh, like I said, I don't have a I don't have a ton ton to say about it. I mean, I I, I don't want to sit here and act like I'm the most religious person uh, on on the team. I can promise you that will not be the case. But uh, <laughs> my my Jewish my Jewish background is important to me. Uh, I will say that without a doubt. And uh, being Jewish is something I'm proud of. Well, I, I guess Nate. Uh, final question for me: How did you get into rugby anyway? You know, it isn't exactly popular in America. Like, how did you gravitate, and, and, and why did you gravitate to rugby? Well, my dad played, you know, and like father, like son, you know, it's, uh, whatever he was doing, I was doing it. You know, I was playing. I played a lot of squash. I played. I played rugby. I, I, I did everything. But I became very good at rugby at a very young age. 
And uh, luckily, I got around some really good players um, in my youth development that made me enjoy the game um, and learn a lot. So, like I said, playing internationally when you're 16 years old, uh, you learn you learn so much. And and I just I just wanted more. I, I was learning so much being around those those players. But early on, I mean, yeah, my dad played, and you know, it's a very underground thing at times. Uh, but it's, a, it's such a tight knit culture um that you know i've always loved it i've always loved it and i've always been around it and uh like i said it's something i just have gravitated towards so well i have one more if you don't mind nate uh, kind of a two-parter um you'll want to think uh, you're one of just seven guys uh, i believe um to win an nfl championship participate in the olympics uh, the only one i think to do it in the same year and A, yeah. is that a kind of a special point of pride for you? And, and B, uh, Super Bowl, Olympics, did, did you get the same kind of adrenaline rush uh, participating in, in, in each? I mean, well, I definitely say, you know, it, it's special to be, like you said, the only person to ever win one, uh, win a Super Bowl and go participate in the Olympics in the same year. Um it's that's that's very cool, I guess. But at the end of the day, it's you know to to have, be on a team that was fortunate enough to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, a lot of that's out of my control. You know, I do what I can for the team, but that takes that takes not just the players, but the coaches and the staff. Like that takes so many other people. So I was extremely fortunate, lucky, if even uh, to be in that situation after the Olympics. Right, um, a lot of things had to fall in place. You know, um, I get that question a lot. What's, you know, the the Super Bowl, the Olympics? I mean, they're both the pinnacle of their their sport, you know. Um, obviously, the NFL is, is this monstrosity in, in the United States and huge viewership and, and just this huge spectacle on one day. Um, and that's, it's, it's pretty awesome to be a part of. But the Olympics is this, you know, weeks on end, you know, tour, if you will. You're in a on a different continent. You know, you're doing an opening ceremony. You're you're representing the United States. Um, you know, they're they're speaking different language around you. You're in a, a Olympic village with eight thousand other athletes. Uh, you you know you you watch other events. You practice. You go do your event. You you know what I mean it's this long drawn out thing. It's just a completely different experience. Um, but it's, they're both extremely special in their own right. And, you know, they're both, I wouldn't trade either one, <laughs> no doubt. So, um, you know, I was just very fortunate for all of that to happen for me because uh, rugby hadn't been in the Olympics since like 1916 or 18 or 1924, oh, something wow. like that. Very long time ago, right? And so for for us to not only qualify, being not a rugby nation, but the United States qualified, no one in the world thought we'd qualify, but having not been in the Olympics since 1924, whatever it was, and then, you know, 96 years later in 2016, I don't know if my math is right on that, whatever, um, to, to have rugby in the Olympics, to have qualified to, to be in the Olympics as a nation when there's only 16 teams in the tournament, um, and for me personally to be in the prime of my athletic career and not only that, having grown up, I, I could not have made that team if I didn't play rugby my entire life. 
So the only reason I made it is because I had the upbringing that I had. And, and all those things that happen and culminate uh, for me to be able to be a part of the Olympics and then win a Super Bowl the same year, I mean, it's I'm not really one to believe in fate or things of that nature, but that kind of makes me kind of believe it. So very special. Thank you, Nate. That's Nate Ebner. We thank him for joining us on this week's edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. For Michael Eisen, I'm John Schmuckley, and you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on Giants.com, on the Giants mobile app, and on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star positive review if you like what you hear. And folks, remember you can find all the Giants podcast offerings at Giants.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time, everybody. Be good.